about this? These two. These two people. Uh, I am geeking out to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark. Jasmine. What a nerd. Nerd alert. <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Uh, I am geeking out. Unleashed. Movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the security badass, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 143. I am Groot. Uh, I am Jasmine. <laughs> uh, I'm Rocket, but also Devon. <laughs> I threw you off then, didn't I, Jasmine? <laughs> <laughs> So we are joined today as well by Devon, who is from the Good Guys Game Podcast. No. Did I say that wrong? Yes, the Good, good Guys. <laughs> it's okay, man. Do you know what? Before we started recording, I knew I was going to mess it up. I apologize. You got all the right words. They just weren't in the right order. So. Oh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, like I got half a point if it was a quiz. Uh, anyway. Uh, each week on the Geeks and Niche podcast, we catch up on our pop culture lives as well as bring you a review from something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. Yes. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Also, please donate to our Ko fi. We'd much appreciate any money you would like to donate or send our way. Um, Jumping straight into this week's Geek of the Week. Actually, we'll let Devon, who is this week's guest, uh, wash your Geek of the Week. So essentially, what's been making you happy this week? Yes, so my Geek of the Week, um, I was actually, um, I was not in, well, not really in the States. I was in Puerto Rico. Um, unfortunately, I was attending my great-grandmother's uh, funeral. 102. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah, right. hey, celebration of life. That's, so yeah, that, that's a that's good life to live there. Um, but I got back into watching attack on titan and oh, nice. catching up on that has been amazing i have no <laughs> idea like no idea what's going on and it, like even i even if i watched the show from the beginning to where i am now no idea what's going on i'm so confused so many twists and turns at this point right now the show's great it's amazing i recommend it to anyone to watch it because i'm like i'm literally geeking over it what season are you on at the moment what season season, are you on to? season four i think episode 79 mm-hmm. and there's 99 episodes so i'm oh wow almost done I'm, oh well I'm, well the whole I'm like right no there. idea what's going on and oh my god is this really happening you got 20 more episodes of that right? i know i know <laughs> but i feel like i feel like i'm gonna get no answer still but i hope <laughs> i do but it's so good i'm loving it so much I've watched season one, and I I was a bit like that, like what's going on, and there there is a lot of twists and turns. Oh, so yeah. I need to carry on myself. It's have so you watched? Good. Have you watched it? I haven't in a while. I'm very behind. I got up to season three, and then I just kind of fell off the wagon at that point. So that's that's where I was. I was at season three, and I was like, you know what? Let me get back into this. And I just yeah. watched like 15 episodes in a row, and I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Like yeah. I gotta I gotta do this now. <laughs> amazing um and what about you jasmine uh so my geek of the week this week is actually a throwback i was hanging out with somebody last weekend and like it's very silly but like we both love riddick like the Mm. character riddick 
And so mm-hmm. we were just sitting around talking about the franchise and arguing over which one was the best film, yada, yada, yada. And out of nowhere, she was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I've never seen Fast and the Furious. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? You've never <laughs> seen the Fast and the Furious. Um, and so I was like, well, I know what we're doing now. And so like, I got her to watch the first one. And she was like, that is so much better than anything I imagined it would be. And I was like, you're welcome. Call me back when you watch the other nine. And then, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Wow, that's awesome. But it was really fun because like this is the it's one of the few times that I go all the way back to the beginning of the franchise. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. it, it had been a long time since I'd seen the first one. And like I usually skip over two and three. Like I've seen them once and once was enough. But like to go all the way back to one, I was like, dang, I can't even remember the last time I watched this movie. But yeah, that was it was like oh my god i can't believe this i'm introducing you to one of my favorite franchises of all time like this is so that was awesome. that was a lot of fun that's sweet i love those films um <laughs> not the the one that came out this year i i really enjoyed the one previous oh yeah when they went uh, to space well they went to space that one i'll be honest was too silly so i haven't even i haven't even <laughs> caught up on them yet so oh uh, uh, you won't it, you can't get lost <laughs> it's totally fine if you skipped however many you haven't seen and jumped into the next one you'd be like oh this makes sense you could you could watch you could watch this year's one and be fine yeah you? yeah um but i would recommend like watching them all because I, I i equally like jasmine love them so yeah it was like uh, one was really really good two and three are just kind of eh but then four when all of the originals come back it was like okay now we're cooking and so from four on it was kind of like okay i see what i see what we're doing here um so for my geek of the week uh i was i started this week going oh i don't know what to do now like what what should i watch and um because i I like to just i'm i now just concentrate on one thing at a time i can't do three or four episodes of different shows in a week really i mean i'll watch something with my wife but then for myself i I just concentrate on one thing at a time so i suddenly i read a headline around monday or tuesday where i was like oh the doctor who 60th anniversary is coming i think it's on the 25th of november but i hadn't watched any of series 13 Mm -hmm. because i'd fallen behind so this week i watched all of series 13 and i say all we're english so i'm english so seven episodes yeah six episodes for for, (laughs) for uh six episodes plus three specials but either way i've done it within two or three days and um and the the last special though was an hour and a half that did take me one night to watch just that special but i i I really enjoyed series 13, how it was one story throughout all six episodes. And it wasn't built into, it wasn't like, you know, bottle episodes, it was one continuous story. And then the three specials, they were continuous, uh, sorry, they were one-off episodes. Um, uh, I, I, one I really enjoyed was uh, the Eve of the Daleks was actually a Groundhog Day thing. Oh. Uh, and they, um, basically kept dying every 10 minutes and the clock getting reset and they had 10 minutes um but every time the clock got reset a minute got shaved off and uh they were getting closer and closer to, to getting killed and obviously the doctor pulled it all out of the bag in the final minute which were, which yeah was gonna happen and then um <laughs> and then the the last one which was ended in jodie whittaker's performances doctor who coming to an end i already knew the twist i don't know if you guys have heard the twist or what you know about doctor who so I don't know if you guys know much about Doctor Who in general, that they, the Doctor regenerates and a new yeah. actor or actress uh, takes over the role as the Doctor. 
So when Jodie Whittaker's final performance came to an end and she regenerated, I already knew this, so it was annoying. I was behind and I knew the twist, but when she regenerated, she regenerated into David Tennant. And David Tennant was like, what, what, what? Like, you know, I was like, this would have been so cool to have watched when this came out a year ago. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but it's still a cool twist. So yeah. he's going to be in all three of the, the specials that are coming out over the next two or three weeks. So you might hear me talk about Doctor Who again. Um, and in the hour and a half episode, they, they do this as well. Like They've done this quite regularly over the last few years. They brought back lots of other uh, doctors like Sylvester, Sico- uh, Sylvester McCoy, mm-hmm. who was my doctor from when I was a kid. He was the first doctor I saw. So he was from the classic Doctor Who. He was the final one before they cancelled the show. Um, but they brought back his... Um, like sidekick that they have, uh, companion, and uh, from the eighties. I don't know if you remember Ace. His uh, his little um, uh, and she had her coat from the eighties, a bomber jacket that had Ace wow. on the back of it. And uh, one of the characters was like so eighties, and she's like, yeah, I know. And she had a baseball bat, and I I can't remember it from the eighties, but I'm sure she had the baseball bat back then as well. Um, but no, anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's awesome. So, Very nostalgic uh, there. David Tennant, he was he was a doctor previously, right? Before he yeah yeah. So he um, from the sort of the modern um, doctor, he was the second generation after is it Christopher Eccleston? Um, so he became the doctor, and he was uh, the doctor for, for for three seasons or something before he handed over to Matt Smith. Okay, nice. So, but he, I think he really, really did love the role. Yeah. Um, so I think he was one of people's favorites too yeah yeah i think yeah. if you ask most people they literally say david tennant is is, is the favorite yeah. doctor so mm. um okay. that must That's be awesome. like it's pretty cool that for the 60th anniversary that they went and got everyone's favorite doctor so yeah um i think everybody has their favorite mm-hmm. for where they came in like with like but um i mean sylvester mccoy was for my favorite for a long time because that was the doctor i watched in the 80s and and back then there was nothing like it and it was quite creepy a lot of the time um i wouldn't say doctor who's anywhere near as creepy as it as it was when i was younger um but i do remember there was a few times where i would hide behind the armchair or something (laughs) or the sofa or whatever but those cheesy uh, special effects got you huh yeah yeah i mean back yeah but back back then i had this conversation the other day things that would have been 18s back in the 80s are probably 12s now yeah um, so i mean some things that were 18s are still 18s now like the terminator and stuff but mm. you know yeah. um but anyway let's jump into our review uh of the week so gardens of the galaxy from um uh 2014 i don't know it's fine it's fine that's fine. <laughs> 2014 uh directed by james gunn and it was written by james gunn and nicole perlman by the way uh, nicole perlman is the first woman with a writing credit in the mcu oh wow oh, wow okay nice i don't know that. oh nicole that's sweet i didn't know that either um so this is based on characters from marvel comics and it stars chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, David Batista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Lee Pace, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillian, Jamin Hunsu, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, and Benicio del Toro. Uh, this is the first appearance of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Sorry, the first appearance of Guardians of the Galaxy was in Marvel Superheroes issue 18 from January 1969, which was created by Arnold Drake. 
Bill Mentlew and artist Gene Cullen. Which Gene Cullen, he just, we just did Blade. And I think he was uh, the artist on Blade as well. Um, so this band of misfits, so to speak, did come around in the 60s. But this film is actually based on the 2008 team from the comics. And so mm. that Guardians team their first appearance was in Annihilation Conquest Number no. 6 from April of 2008. And that team was created by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Uh, so this movie was released on the 1st of August 2014, a running time 122 minutes, with a budget of 232 million US dollars and a box office taking of 773 million. 232 seems high. Yeah. It does, budget. yeah. I mean, damn. Oh, yeah. That's way high. All right. Fun facts. Okay. First of all, there were just way too many fun facts when <laughs> I was doing the research on this one. So I just, I just have a few, but, um, so I thought this was really interesting. The mocap actor for rocket is actually James Gunn's brother, Sean, who is also a ravager in the film, but he does all of the motion capture for rocket raccoon. And even though Bradley Cooper doesn't do the mocap and he only does the voice, Bradley Cooper himself has said that he made more money for voicing Rocket in this first film than he made with The Hangover and Silver Linings Playbook combined. Wow. And Silver oh. Linings Playbook is what got him like nominated for an Oscar. So yeah. That's insane. <laughs> your Oscar-worthy performance and then The Hangover, which is like everybody's favorite drunken adventure movie both of those combined and you still made more money as the voice of a freaking space record. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That is wild. Wow. I thought that was so crazy. Um, uh, I, I love the hangover movies. Who doesn't, right? They're like, so who doesn't? Good. And I feel like, uh, I don't know. That, and he's like, to me, the face of the hangover franchise. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's. I always remember that scene. I think it was, I can't remember if it was the second or third one, but it opens where they're in a desert somewhere or yeah. something or other. <laughs> and then they call, call, he calls someone. And I just never forget the line where he goes, we've done it again. Uh, and I was just like, how, how shit must this be that you go out of your friends? <laughs> and they like, one of them will, will yeah. I think I can't remember which one it was, the first one where he rehypnols the whole group or whatever. Yes. And then and just like, you, you, your wives and girlfriends must just hate you going out with this crowd of people. <laughs> right, no, right. no, Knowing this like, it's gonna end it's always in an absolute mess. It's gonna end like, in terribly. the second movie or the third movie, somebody loses a finger, and you're just oh, like, yeah. "My God, <laughs> what's gonna happen next?" Yeah, my favorite yeah. part of all of the hangovers, though, are the behind the scenes, like the Polaroid ca- uh, oh, the images camera, that yes. they roll during the credits. Oh, love it. <laughs> I really feel like, the, especially in that first movie, I really feel like the crew was like, "Here's a camera. Whenever you." feel like taking pictures just go ahead and take some pictures and then give us the camera at the end of the shoot i feel like a lot of those don't look like they don't look staged that looks like some real right. like drunken party oh shit, yeah like for real yeah like they <laughs> actually went out got drunk and partied yes. and then yes, took those pictures yeah. exactly that's what those look like <laughs> all right so if you had to guess for drax which you can kind of see him there in my background how long do you think drax's makeup and prosthetics Ooh. I won't guess because I just saw Well you yeah, but... you could read it. You don't you can't play Mark. It's probably like 16, 17 hours. Five. Every oh. day to apply it. Five. But he all he had to be standing the whole time. Oh jeez. 
And then it took another 90 minutes to get it all off at the end of the day. And people on set have said that Batista was so like kind and he was not like frustrating. He, he was very much just like, well, I'm here for six hours. Let's make it work. Like, can you imagine just, I can't even imagine what that does to your feet, just standing in one place for six hours while people like apply things to your torso. It's got to be more than it's got to be more than one person too. It's oh, be I'm sure it's like a team of people, yeah, 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 that are doing. All go, that. go and ask a hairdresser. Oh man, you know, then people are on their feet for like ten hours sometimes. Oh man, right. yeah. So oh. I, that was that seemed like a lot. So his his makeup took a lot longer <laughs> than um, everyone else's. Obviously, it's well, more intricate than than painting Zoe green to be right. Gamora. But six hours plus another hour and a half on the back end. That's, I mean, because like. In Hollywood, like when I was a PA, you could only have a 12-hour day, up to 15 max, but like you had to get 15 approved. So if you only have 12 hours to shoot, like you've already wasted seven and a half, half, like on the makeup, you know? So they're probably shooting scenes that he's not in yet or stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, they'd have to be because I think the shoot for this first film was 85 days. Wow. It's actually pretty quick, to be honest. That is very fast. Yeah, exactly. So like. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they might have just like, okay, is Drax in this scene? Great. We got we got six hours, six good hours to get some Drax right. shots. Like, <laughs> so uh, okay. I hope I hope he could go to the toilet and all of that. Well, yeah, because it's only his torso. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yes, thankfully. Because those other people that have to wear like those the full body suits, that's gotta right. be that's yeah, awful. No. <laughs> that's gotta be awful. Jeez. Um, all right, so Iron Man was actually supposed to be in this film as as a cameo but like a little bit more than a cameo and the reason that got mixed was because at the time in 2012 or 2013 when they were filming robert downey jr was not sure that he was going to continue as iron man and so he was kind of like maybe i'm done with this stuff and obviously marvel was like okay but hold on a minute (laughs) Wait, wait a minute here so they cut Tony Stark out completely because Robert Downey Jr. was unsure and had not signed his contract yet. Clearly, he he did, thankfully, because you know the whole whole oh the whole snap. Oh, I mean, what what would this MCU be without Tony Stark? Like, if Robert I, Downey Jr. had just given up after Iron Man two, like I can't even imagine. I always say that like we saw it, we saw Marvel at like its peak and its highest yeah. high because. I love Loki season one, but I haven't watched anything else since then. Literally have, I don't have the urge to watch anything else Yeah, because it was just so good. And it's just so hard to replicate that. It's getting harder too. Like um, when I watched well, Secret it... Invasion, I was just like this, I feel like I missed out on a lot of nuance with Secret Invasion because I never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And there was a mm-hmm. lot of Kree stuff that was happening in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I was like, and I'd only seen Captain Marvel a couple of times. And so it was just like, none of the like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I'm not. And that was the very first time in all of this mm-hmm. MCU stuff where I was like, Oh God, I feel like I'm behind now. Like I don't right. understand all of the nuance that's happening in this TV show. Mm. Well, if you stick with us, Devon, we'll make you watch it all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I, I've kept up to date. We've not reviewed everything on here yet. We will at some point, but. Um, yeah, it's going to take us a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, um, and then my favorite part of the fun facts, I got some what if casting. Okay, this one really threw me for a loop 
what if we had had Gal Gadot as Nebula? Ooh. Because she came out and said that she had auditioned for that role because this was well before Wonder Woman ever happened. So. Oh, man. So, no, I think Karen Gillian did a really good job. Yeah, I was going right. to say, I feel like it would be, it would definitely be different. Yeah. I think Gal Gadot would, would have been fine, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I, I don't know. Karen Gillian. I know. Well, it's hard I'm, to see anyone else in that role. She crushes it. Yeah. I think it's because Karen Gillian, she's so sarcastic, like in real life. Mm-hmm. So she really oh, can, yeah. like capitalize on Nebula's almost lack of humor. Right. I don't know. I just, I love her in that role. So even though I love Gal, it's hard to imagine, like, uh, I don't know. I can't I imagine Gal doing it. She was so good in Doctor Who. You can see why she started to pick up these Hollywood movies. And I like her in Jumanji, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, in Jumanji, she's good. Jumanji, yeah. she, to be honest, I've not seen her in anything where I would say she's awful. I think she, uh, and even when you see her, like, on Instagram or YouTube, she comes across as naturally quite a funny yeah. person. Yeah. She was I, in a movie, I think, on Netflix. Is that her? It's a Gunpowder Milkshake, I think. Yes. That movie is amazing. She killed it. Oh, I've not seen that. No, oh, it's really good. Don't watch it. that with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. She kills it in that. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's one what if. Now, for Gamora, I got two. What if we had Tandy Newton or Amanda Seyfried? As Gamora. Ooh. Now, I uh, if, if they had aged up Star Lord, Candy yeah. could have been a really good yeah. Gamora. Gamora. Like I think yeah. that would have worked out really well. Um, and Amanda Seyfried said she was offered. She now she never ever came straight out and said she turned down Guardians of the Galaxy. She was offered a role, and she said, "I turned down a superhero movie because I did not want to be painted green." For six months out of the year, mm. and so that didn't leave because this this was way before She Hulk was even a consideration. Right. So it was like, well, I mean, the only green woman in the Marvel universe so far <laughs> is Gamora. Right. So uh, I'll tell you um, something before you jump into the next thing you're about to say. Um, over here, oh, I've forgotten the, the presenter, but we have a we have something similar to Jimmy Kimmel over here. You know, mm. TV show. Is oh. it Graham Norton? Graham Norton, that's it. Yeah, Graham Norton. Graham Norton. Graham Norton, yeah, yeah. So Graham Norton, I gone blank on his name. Anyway, uh, Fanny Newton was on it, and she was telling the story about how she was at Soul Cycle, and uh, in LA, and uh, Victoria um, Beckham, you know, posh vice, went up to her and started chatting, chatting her ass off. You know, good conversation with her, and Fanny Newton was like getting more and more confused by the conversation, like, and then it, and she stops her. And she goes, Vicky, sorry, sorry. Do you think I, I'm a, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Zoe Zeldana? And, uh, and then she goes, oh, sorry, are you not? And, then, <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, no, I'm, I'm yeah, and you knew. Like, and uh, she was like, Zoe's oh, not British. Oh. Like, Zoe wouldn't have a British accent. Right. Oh, <laughs> and, my and, God. And then, and then uh, uh, Andy Newton on the Graham Norton show was like, I had no issue being confused with her. She's beautiful. She's like, but, but, 
but we're different people and she said yeah. she actually said it's very common that that she gets confused for her yeah so. that i believe and actually she just recently changed the pronunciation of her name so excuse me she has gone back to uh tendiwe which is like her i can't remember where she's from but like it it's more in line with her given birth name from her mm-hmm. parents' home country. So, Tendiway. Nice. Um, all right, last one. And this one, to me, was the craziest. So, for Drax, what if we had had Chadwick Boseman or Jason Momoa? Wow. Um, Jason Momoa would have killed it as Drax. Yeah, yeah he would have done. That'd be better word than... You know, off again, but that's just <laughs> that's just me. Um, wow, but Chadwick Boseman, that's kind of crazy because then that then like, he would he not have gotten it. T'Challa, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder, like, was this audition what got you their attention to play right. T'Challa? Like, probably, they were probably. like, they were like, hold on, we're yeah. gonna save yeah. you for later. We'll You're too you. good yeah. for the dumb guy, so we <laughs> right. need to get you someone else in the Marvel right. universe. Give us, yes. give us five years. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, the, imp- cool. the impacts of that, if Chadwick had been Drax, we wouldn't have had the Wakanda Forever movie that we did have. Well, we would have had Namor, but we wouldn't have, well, I mean, potentially we wouldn't have had the impacts uh, of a new Black Panther. Correct. Um, however, I don't think Chadwick would have would have suited Drax. I don't think. He's too, I think- like, quiet and demure. Jace, I like Drax needed someone who's just like an idiot, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, J- and if you saw the last Fast and Furious, Jason Momoa could have easily oh. pulled that off. Yeah. So uh, he put he plays an idiot in the new Fast and he Furious. He plays an idiot better than he plays anything else. Like, let's be real. <laughs> like, I, um, I really think that that is his natural personality, and anything outside of that is him acting. <laughs> uh, uh, but I personally, I think um, David Batista smashes playing drags oh, yeah. so he crushes like, i honestly like, i know we're going to talk about the film more in depth in a minute but when i was watching it earlier i was dying when um star lord puts his finger across his neck and then he's like why why would i rub my finger across my neck oh, and he's man. like no 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 it's it, 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 it's a symbol and he's like well no i will just cut his head straight off like and, uh, <laughs> and i was just like he just plays uh, a moron yeah. so well like, so just, yeah. but it's his deadpan it's the way he deadpans it like oh yeah no it's Batista perfect. was great and Batista was really excited like um they said when he found out that he got this role he like cried because he was so excited to wow. and plus like this was not his first first thing but like this was pretty much right out of the gates from his mm-hmm. uh WWE stuff so like yeah. for him to go straight from WWE to the MCU like and at the time this was already the 10th film so like right. the MCU was getting bigger and bigger so he was he was super excited he and he was like oh, I'm really nervous and he hired himself an acting coach wow. to help him get through this role and I'm nice. like I don't really think that this was the role no that you needed, needed that for. That you needed right. to coach for but good on you man but he took it ser- he took it seriously he did take which it very is seriously and he was very genuine in in appreciating playing the part so that's awesome I always give like thumbs up to the um, casting director for the MCU because she crushes it every time yeah. she casts someone. I don't really think that there has been any like one glaring person that you just be like, I don't know why they picked that person for that role. Right. Like uh, Mickey Rourke, kind of maybe, <laughs> but like given that he's playing an eccentric Russian meathead, like, it works. Checks. Right. It works. 
I know right. people aren't particularly keen. I mean, I I I have no issue, but I know some people aren't particularly keen with the uh, the role or the the casting of uh, Carol Danvers in the Marvels or Captain Marvel. But I have no issue with her. Uh, I think that's just dudes being like wrong, just like loud and wrong. You know, like they're like, oh no, a girl in the military, <laughs> fighter jets, and no. <laughs> You're not a fan of them. No, I love I love Brie Larson. I think oh, okay. I, yeah, no, she does a great job. I'm agreeing oh. with Jasmine. I think guys, you know, there's yeah. guys oh. out there it's, it, like, but it's those bad fans, right? Yeah. Like it's the bad yeah. fans that just happen they to be louder than them. everyone else. Yeah. Right. I think she's super funny. Like she since since Scott Pilgrim, man, she's been just <laughs> number one. She's great. I, I think Brie Larson, you know, she I, I think she does action. She's a beautiful woman, but she does action really well and carries humor as well like she yeah she she does that good mix of con- like serious serious you know in the moment to suddenly cracking a joke with a sarcastic mm-hmm. nod and um and i think like she seems like a nice person so yeah. i mean i don't get all the hate if i'm honest so yeah. i think the only misstep massive misstep was the eternals that just now that cast i love those actors but that cast did not jive at all that they, they had no chemistry with each other none and i don't I'm not, i don't think that they had any kind of animosity or anything but that was a really hard film to watch because it was just like y'all are supposed to have been a couple for 700 years i ain't feeling none of that like like yeah. y'all look like y'all just met strangers That's at a bus true. stop or something like this is awful. they did they did <laughs> that is, yeah, that is very uh, true i love that movie though i really did Really? I really did love that movie. No, I like I like I liked the movie. I didn't love the movie, but but it's um, it's gonna go nowhere now at this point. So which is not yeah. Well, I, well, actually, gonna talk. I want to. I'm gonna pose a question in a minute about the about the MCU. But anyway, I right, um okay. So I always shout out the IMDb summary because one because I, most of the time is ridiculous. One well, mainly because I think it's normally quite funny. Um, but two. <laughs> Well, it's a summary, and then we'll kick off. um, The IMD summary is a group of intergalactic criminals must pull together to stop a fanatical warrior with plans to purge the universe. I mean, that could be anything. That that could be a lot of sci-fi movies. I was just going to say, that's Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars. Uh, I'd love to know. The Empire thinks that the rebels are criminals. So. <laughs> uh, well, they are, aren't they? So yeah. they're, they're, they're they're called the Rebel Alliance. This is this is Star Wars. It's... This is not Guardians. Yeah, no, <laughs> they just copied a yeah. New Hope summary and yes. stuck it yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. So right, okay. Uh, this is the tenth film in the official MCU, part of the Phase Two. Uh, so Phase One. Started in May 2008 with Iron Man. Uh, it ran, there was many films in there, including The Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America. Ended with um, the Avengers, the, the Avengers uh, in May 2012. Phase 2 kicked off in 2013 with Iron Man 3, Thor, The Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Then we got the movie that we're now talking about, Guns of the Galaxy, came out in August 2014 before... Um, phase two finished off with Avengers Age of Ultron and Ant-Man. Guardians of the Galaxy obviously comes in right uh, two movies before the end of phase two. It was a very brave move at that point in time. I remember when this movie came out, all new characters, 
all new cast set in the MCU. However, a was also very much vibe. was all yeah different vibe, different mm-hmm. different you know, different tone, everything, but very much removed. Other than the Infinity Stone, there were there was a lot of distance from what had already happened. So, Tavon, do you think at this point you would have needed much MCU knowledge to have walked in to this movie? So this came out after the Winter Soldier. Would you have walked into this movie feeling like you needed to know much about what happened previously? I feel like no, because yeah. I didn't really. So I didn't really know about the Guardians, right? My dad had read all like all the Marvel comics, so he knew what to expect. But I was like, I'm going in kind of blind, and I know we're going to talk more about it. But what a great movie! Even like if you wanted to get someone started into the MCU, I would probably pick one of these movies because it's it's fun. You know, the movie mm-hmm. is fun and it is good and it is the cast of characters that you have. And we're going to talk about the soundtrack and the music and all that. But I don't think you need any previous knowledge to jump into this one because, you know, they lay it out perfectly who these characters are, what their motive is and all that. And it's oh, it's so much fun. How about you, Jasmine? I mean, I think I would agree with most of that. Now, now I would, I, I, I don't recommend that people like if they've never seen anything. This is definitely not my first recommendation. Oh, but no. <laughs> but I think that this movie doesn't require as much, even though it's number ten, because these people, these characters that we have met, they have no idea what is happening on Earth. They don't have a clue. They don't know any of the Avengers. They don't know any of those guys, and they barely even know. I mean, outside of Gamora, they had never even heard of Thanos. So mm-hmm. they have no connection to the previous nine movies. And so this really did at the time to me, it really felt like a standalone kind of film that just had callbacks because at the time we got a glimpse of Thanos at the end of the Avengers. So that that is what ended phase one was like that one shot of Thanos turning around and smiling and that was it. And then this is the next time that we have any kind of interaction or even screen time with Thanos. But like, you don't need the previous knowledge since these characters don't know the other characters. There's, there is no overlap outside of this. And this is because at the time we didn't know that the Tesseract and the, I don't know what you call it. The red goop from Thor dark world. Like we didn't know that those were parts of infinity zone at the Mm -hmm. time. So this movie was the first time that we were introduced to the phrase, the infinity zones. Um, and so because this movie was the first one to do it, it doesn't feel like you have lost out on anything else. So I think they take the elements of the MCU and this film, even though it feels very standalone this film kind of like gives it some cohesion. So it gives us an understanding of like, oh, we got to collect the rainbow. So we need all these Skittles and then some bad stuff's going to happen when the guy gets all the Skittles. Okay, got it. What, what it's happens the glue. Next? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I, I agree. So this movie, I was aware of the characters of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I've read a handful of Guardians of the Galaxy comics, but I'm by no means an expert. Um, I'd read a lot more of that time Guardians of the Galaxy comics, and I um, I can't remember all of them, but I know I've read some Bendis ones and stuff like that, but I was aware of them. Uh, and from my Marvel comic reading, I knew about things like um, sort of the the space crossovers and stuff that they used to do, but like Annihilation and um, that, but I, I was never really a space comic book fan. I still don't think I really am. I, I don't really. This is my favorite space core. <laughs> the 
Oh, Green, Green Lantern. Green Lantern, yeah. That's a core cool um, <laughs> So I'm aware of Nova and stuff like that, but they, they never really gelled with me as characters. So I don't, if I was to walk in a comic book shop, I would never go towards them. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I, I knew of them. Uh, and I walked into this movie really like most other people, not having a great deal of knowledge of these characters other than a handful of comics. But obviously those are modern comics. I, I didn't know much about their origins. It wasn't like I was reading a Spider-Man comic where I knew in the ins and outs of his origin or, uh, or a Batman comic. I, at the time, really recommended this to people. Um, and what I found was it was a bit like Marmite. So some people like, like Devon really loved it. And then I remember this lady, I used to sit opposite in the office in 2014. <laughs> I, I She loved all the Marvel movies. I still never forgot this. She was a huge fan of the Marvel movies. I went and saw this, came in full of it the next day, talking about how much I loved it. She came in like a couple of days later, so annoyed at me for recommending this movie to her. Oh. So she was like, was this movie a joke? She's like, was it a spoof? Like, she's just, just like, I don't, I don't get it. She's like, this... this she was like, I just felt like you just sent me to go and see a comedy. And um, I never <laughs> saw this movie in theaters. Um, oh, no, it, I, I, I it was I years did. before I saw this movie. This and Ant Man, it took me until the sequels for those two films came out. That was the first time I had gone back to watch the first films. Oh. So, because I knew that the Guardians were not attached to anything else that was happening in the MCU, I couldn't care less, like at oh, the wow. time. And, okay. and to me, I was coming off. Uh, Winter Soldier, which is still like it's the best. Top it's two. the best. It's like, the best one. It's a really good it movie. Is yeah. So yeah. freaking good, it's... right? Like coming off that, and then seeing the previews for this, I was like, yeah, That's no, true. I'm not. I I could see. I'm not interested could see in that. Where you're, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I never missed out on anything. Like, sure, yeah. I didn't get the whole thing with the with the Power Stone, but like, mm -hmm. it didn't take much for me to catch back up to getting hit to the Infinity Stones, even though I skipped this movie. Because right. I, I probably didn't watch this movie until 2017. So probably late phase three was the first time I saw the oh. first Guardians. And it's come to the point, I think you could easily watch this movie as a very much standalone film. Like even now you could pick this up, completely removed for anything that was going on. And as, the, as over the next three weeks, we're going to review the others. I would say even number two is still standalone. But then beyond that, they're, they're just not standalone. So... Oh. Um, right, okay, so overall thoughts on this movie. Um, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I'm going to come to my second question in a minute. Just what's your overall thoughts, Devon, on this movie? Yeah, I mean, like I, like I said before, I think it's just a fun movie. I think the building blocks that they are taking, because, like, for me, everything was, like, going through the whole movie, it was great. And then when you meet, you know, Benicio Del Toro, the collector that's when everything gets you know everything starts getting really really good um in, in my humble opinion but i think overall the movie's great like i said i would recommend it to anyone to watch it um just as like how the characters come together and they fight together and they're more of a family than anything and you've got you know one character that doesn't really like humans or like people rocket <laughs> but he comes to you know their aid but he cares so much about this one friend that he has so much that you know he keeps him potted because he wants him to come back you know you got drax who's you know not all there but still will fight for them uh yeah i mean it's nothing it's goes just, over his head his yeah, reflexes no, are too fast it, it's, <laughs> no, 
if I don't move, no one can see me. It's, <laughs> it's great. I, I, yeah, I think the whole movie is, it's just a, it's just a lot of fun. And I think it's something that coming off of something like Winter Soldier, which was very serious, very espionage-like, very, you know, so having something lighthearted to kind of meld in between all that was great. And I think they did a really good job doing that. And I mean, it's James Gunn. You know, this is what he does with basically a lot of his movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. Oh, Jasmine, what you? I, I liked it more this time around than the first time I saw it. Um, but I just remember not caring, like, the first time. And I was just like, I don't know these characters. Like, they're not really related. They're not they're not interacting with any of the people that I'm already familiar with. And so it was just kind of like, I had zero attachment. Um, and at the time, like, again, coming off winter soldier, like I was all in on the oh, shit's getting serious in the MCU. Like where, where stuff is happening. And then they dropped this. And I was like, no, that's not, this is, you're, that's like when the DJ at a party is bad and you go from like <laughs> a banger to a slow dance. And you're like, how, did we get here like i don't right. you you changed the tone on me so drastically that it was just like uh no i no i don't think i'm i don't think i'm ready for that but like when i go back and i look at it now it's like it's i mean it, it's very much exactly what james gunn was aiming for right it's like the space opera the silly space opera like it's comedic it's silly it's got a lot of heart um it's got a whole bunch of weirdos um but it just to me, this was this was the one franchise within the MCU that I just never got on board with. So I don't think like this is a bad movie. This is just this movie is not for me as far as like in the scale of MCU films. This is just not my kind of jam, which is odd for me to say because man, when James Gunn took over the Suicide Squad, that film and Peacemaker. <laughs> were just like a hundred percent my jam. And, and like, so it's, it's odd to me that I can't get behind guardians, but like, I love James Gunn's other stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what it is about this movie, but it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything at all for, for me in the scheme of the MCU. Right. I think it's, it, uh, it's the buildup to where you got to and then seeing this movie. Definitely. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that hundred percent. So. I don't know. I, I loved going in and watching it at the movie theater, and um, I'm talking like you guys now. Uh, cinema, um, so uh, influence is paying off. We're going to make American, yes. dang it. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, at the cinema, I I just remember going to see it, and I was like, this. I, I loved it. I thought I loved. I just loved all of it. The the I. What, do you know what? Actually, the main thing I really loved about this whole movie. And I, I, there's very few movies that do it and do it well. How the soundtrack was so mm. integral to the film, and and actually, the music is even pulled into the narrative sometimes of the movie. Like when uh, Star Lord is dancing at the beginning with his Walkman. I was like, a Walkman. I was like, I used to have a Walkman. And um, uh, and then at the end where you see him open that present from his mum and and. Right, obviously, in the last couple of minutes, he puts the volume two thing in. I was like, 
that there is a handoff for a second film. <laughs> and, uh, and I knew it then as well. I was like, and they called it volume two. They didn't call it number two. They called the second one volume two. So, um, but no, I, I love all of this. I think being maybe a Marvel Comics fan for a long time, and then we'll talk about it again as we go on, but there was obviously, I'm not a big space fan, but throughout the movie, just the little nods, you know, Howard the Duck and mm-hmm. um, obviously... I, I know of things like the collector and um I was aware of 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 Star Lord, but you know, it was just and other, the dog, other little astronaut. Things. Yeah, and the dog who, who and uh, went, a member of the Guardians in the comics. Yeah. So, Cosmo. Yeah, I love the fact that Cosmo was in it as well and uh and the and the whole Nova Core as well. I don't know. I thought to be honest, I think they handled well, James Gunn did such a good job, and I was thinking this. He did such a good job of making this an origin intro movie to all of these characters whilst also having a really good story. It wasn't because, you know, sometimes you get these origin movies and they're just origin movies and you kind of almost need to get past the origin movie to then suddenly have the good movie afterwards. The second one normally turns out to be a lot better than the first. because You've got past the superhero origin movie and now you can have the actual enjoyment. He did really well of integrating this really weird bunch of misfit characters it's almost like if they made farscape into a really cool movie um I don't, have you guys seen farscape i've not finished it but i've seen some of them yes you know what i'm talking about then mm-hmm. farscape was again another bunch of weird do you know what farscape in this movie have got a lot of similarities weird you know um what's his name ben browser or whatever browder or whatever his name is where the human sucked from earth ends up on a weird alien spaceship called Moya with some crazy people. And there was a blue lady who could be connected with plants or something or other. You know, there was all those crazy things. There's a lot of similarities between Farscape and Guardians now, actually thinking about it. But he did such a good job, James Gunn, of, of getting these weird characters and making a really cool team that became, and I know Jasmine loves this, very much found family by the end of the movie. So... Uh, especially for Gamora, who really needed this. Yeah. Uh, well, Chris Pratt, uh, Star-Lord really needed it. You know, he, he'd lost his mum and his surrogate dad wanted to eat him constantly. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, in fact, yeah. So, right, okay. So nice. Um, I just wanted to ask this question because something really occurred to me when I was watching this and I haven't seen the Marvels yet. And, and I've sort of, uh, 2023... Disney has massively underperformed at the box office with Indiana Jones, with Ant-Man, Quantumania, and they're not doing very well. And something occurred to me as I was re-watching this today. If they were to release Guardians of the Galaxy, say it never come out, they held it off, and they released Guardians of the Galaxy in 2023 or 2024, do you think it would have made back three times its budget? Gondavon. No, no, no I, but, I don't think so. But no. I think it would have been better received mm-hmm. at this point in time than it was when it first came out. I agree with Jasmine. Just because you've got that whole high of Marvel, right. Marvel, Marvel, this one comes out, falls flat with some people because you know there's you know they just don't really gel with yeah. it, and then now we're back at a lull. But at this lull, if you introduce this movie with characters that I mean, actors that you really know, characters that you know, voice voice actors that you know, it probably could have boosted up, you know, some kind of, they could have gotten some leverage from it, but 
making three times back your money no way no not coming and i think the only reason that we had stuff during or right after covid was because we were anticipating those things before covid like Mm -hmm. no um no way home like i think that was always going to make a crap ton of money right like there was it was never going to not make a billion dollars but like that one had been hyped up for so long and you're bringing in a whole other studios franchise on top of a marvel franchise like it was that one was too big to fail so to speak but this one i think because people are different now this one is a little bit raunchier than what people are used to in the mcu it makes like dirty jokes when he's talking about like man you should see what this place looks like under the black light like that ain't really no kid-friendly joke to be making Jason Marvel, Paul you know I mean? like, <laughs> i think this one was different enough that today this would have been far better received but again i just don't see it hitting almost 800 million i think it would have probably got around 400 mm-hmm. yeah i think it probably would have doubled like i think yeah. i could definitely see it hitting like half a million i mean half a billion but like I just, I don't know, like, I feel like COVID changed the way people go to the theaters. And I know mm-hmm. people don't like to hear that, but I think, like, unless you're a Mission Impossible, unless you're a Top Gun, unless you are a Fast and Furious, like... Mario. Nobody, yeah, like a, a straight-up kids movie, like a Mario. A Mario. Like, I no, nobody that. is spending that kind of money anymore to go to the theater on a maybe. Right? Well, mm-hmm. I'll wait till it comes to a streaming platform. Yes, exactly. exactly. I'm the same way now. Um, I think I think that, and actually you just highlighted that the the age of streaming has really changed what's going on now. So Disney Plus launched during COVID. I mean Netflix saw huge numbers during COVID, and the and the studios they made a mistake of pushing these films out quicker because of COVID, or or even just putting them on same day release as the theaters and on on platforms. They they messed up. They shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't. They should have just said no. Nah, because they no, did it at the beginning, and then yeah. people got used to it. Like yeah, I'll admit, like I, unless it is something huge, like mm-hmm. there was no way I was not going to go see Top Gun on a big screen. Period. Like that was never even a question. Yeah. But rom coms, like I'm not really interested in going to the theater nope. to see rom coms anymore. Nope. Like I can, I can oh, wait I would... for that to come on streaming. You know what I mean? Like even before now, COVID, I reserve I wasn't going. really yeah. big, big budget things right. for the big screen. So I pay £15 a month to go to the cinema unlimited. And I tried to go at least once a week if I can. Uh, I, I didn't go last week. I am going to go this weekend, hopefully, and see the Marvels. Um, however, what I've noticed is the cinema where I go to are putting out a lot of re-releases. And that, some of them are quite full. Like two weeks ago, I went and saw, um, I think it's from 1979, Alien, uh, with Scorny Weaver. That, that was packed, honestly. It was it was pretty much full, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen I've I think I've seen like five or six re-releases this year. Dunkirk, Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic Park was full. Dunkirk had a had a good volume of people in. I'd never seen Dunkirk before, so I was really pleased to see it at the big screen. Um, I saw what did I see? I saw that uh, stupid vampire film. Um, Oh, Kiefer Sutherland. Um, oh, the Lost Boys. Yeah, Lost Boys. Oh. I've never never seen it before, but I saw it at the cinema. And I thought it was awful. But anyway, uh, I, I saw Gravity as well this year. And I think those re-releases are doing really well, which I've seen at the cinema, because if you hadn't seen them before, it's a really good opportunity to, to right. go back. 
So, but yeah, no, I, I honestly started to rewatch this thinking, I don't think this would ever have done as well now, like financially. No. Um, I think the only way this, these things are going to change is, you know, if these streaming apps eventually bite the dust, which I, I do think the streaming apps could be a bubble that eventually could burst because there's too many people want to have their own platforms. It's a whole other conversation, but yeah. anyway. Uh, right, we're talking about characters. So there's a lot of characters in this movie. I'm not going to go and list them all out now. So we tend to jump into what's our favourite character of the movie, our standout. Um, Tavon, did you have a standout character or actor or actress from the movie? And I just love Rocket's dynamic with just everything, just the way he was. And I'll even give uh, a shout-out to Yondu as well. I loved Yondu, you know. Oh, it makes sense. Just his little, his, you know, when he's yelling at, uh, at uh, Peter Quill when he's just like, you know, them boys never had terror before. They were going <laughs> to eat you. I should have let them eat you. It was just like, he was just so good. But, like, you could almost tell that he was, you know, that father figure mm-hmm. that, you know, Quill saw and obviously Rocket referring to him as Quill basically throughout you know the movie and movies he you know just his humor alone like when he shoots him with the electric gun he's like oh that you know oh, that hurts uh, that looks like it hurts so just he was just so great and the fact that you know when you're watching the movie you're not really because I don't think I even saw who was going to be in this besides Chris Pratt and Zoe and um, Dave Bautista. Like, I didn't know Groot was Vin Diesel or Bradley Cooper was Rocket until the end and the credits were going. I was like, that was Bradley Cooper? And then when you go back and you listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, you can tell. It was just great. Those, like, those two characters. And then I do like the little bit with the collector. Love the collector. Love Benicio. Unless, and we can just save it for another time unless he's in Star Wars. Um, absolutely love it. It's great. Um, what about you, Jasmine? Do you have a favorite character? Or do you need to? Do you need me to? <laughs> like, had to get that like Star Wars jab in there. Yeah, I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, I I think I'm gonna have to agree though. Like, Rocket was my favorite. Um, and I just I liked Rocket because he was such a dick but like he was like that smart asshole that kind of had the the right to be as shitty as he was you know um so i i loved him and i especially love the the bit in this one and obviously it wraps up in the third one but like in the bit where he's like i'm not a raccoon and everybody's like uh but yeah you kind of are no, I, just, I loved him, and, and of course, like he had big guns. Like he was obsessed with like big guns that were bigger than his entire body. So, mm-hmm. but he also had a lot of heart. Like when he's mm-hmm. crying at the end, when Groot saves them, and it's just like, I don't want to see Rocket crying. Like somebody help this man. He's crying. And Drax <laughs> come, comes over and pets him. He's like, Yeah, I don't know why this feels like this. <laughs> um, I, to be honest with you, I think all five of the Guardians have amazing chemistry together. Yeah. Um, I think because you talked about um, Eternals with the the lack of chemistry. Yes. These five people have amazing chemistry opposite. together. Yeah. They must have gone drinking out every night to get, well, maybe not Vin Diesel, but maybe they took a plant with them or something. Um, <laughs> I imagine Vin Diesel did his lines and probably didn't have much interaction with them. I'm sure he's met them, but I 
don't imagine the interaction is 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 there. Um, and we spent a lot more time together because they were doing all of the voice work. Um, yeah. Also, Vin Diesel wore stilts while he was recording the voice of Groot, and he recorded "I Am Groot" in like fifteen different languages, I so that every that. time yeah. the movie was translated, it is still Vin Diesel's voice as Groot. Vin Diesel was oh, never yes. dubbed by any other actor in any other language for this film. Props to Vin Diesel for that. So. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna go with Drax. Um, I I love Rocket like you. I'll be honest, Yondu for me as well uh, was amazing. Um, I've loved I've loved uh, Michael since Cliffhanger. Um, oh my God, Cliffhanger! One of my favorite. I didn't think movies. anyone else had ever seen that movie. I love Cliffhanger. It's so good. Uh, I love it. It was on the on the front cover of the VHS. It was like Hang On or something like that. <laughs> uh, so I actually did have that on VHS. I do not have any VHS now, but uh, so I, I I think I took most of them to the dump at one point, and I probably regret it now. It's probably like a thousand pound VHS I've probably thrown away at some point because <laughs> some stupidly they all start to become collectors' items in the end. Everything you, that's so. old is new again. That's yeah, exactly. I should never have got rid of them. But anyway, I did have cliffhanger on VHS. I thought he was great in that. Um, he was great in The Walking Dead as well. So, um, oh, uh, terrible. I hated hate the character. Hate no, I, I, mean, I thought it's good, but like, I hated that guy. Yeah. I, hated I hate him. the character, but between him and Daryl, especially oh, that final moment when he turns into a zombie and like you see the emotion, Daryl doesn't really show a lot of emotion. See that emotion between the two of them, like, yeah, and he made a good zombie. So, yeah. uh, anyway. Uh, I thought he was amazing as Yondu, but no, I thought Drax just the, just how sarcastic and deadpan he is and everything like that. But I, and I, I, I actually really one of my scenes I really love, and I, I guess I, you know, it is Rocket that steals it, but I, I, I love how Rocket snaps at him and and says, "Oh, bro, ho, ho, my wife's dead, my daughter's dead, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's got dead people, but we don't kill everyone on the way on the way out." Like you know, and um, and I know that was Rocket there that stole that that particular scene, but I I love the fact that Drax actually his stupidity set all of that up. Mm-hmm. Drax does a lot of stupid things, but he actually again he has good heart and he does a lot to redeem himself and is is a team player and he he again because of his you know, the death of his family needs this family too if you can see throughout all of it there's quite a theme here yep. that they all need each other so the only story uh, we don't have is Groot's like uh how did we have the where did the talking tree cut like everybody else yep. gets a background except Groot. Wow. I haven't seen the cartoon that they have on on oh Disney. is that what they're trying to do they want to make us watch another thing to oh, there's a. I think. Well, no, I haven't watched it, but I know there's a. Uh, there's a. They've haven't they released a bunch of shorts on Disney Plus? Yes. I am Groot. I think they have. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah, seen yeah. that, and I haven't seen the third movie yet. So, well, well you're you're in so... for uh, something. I've, yeah. I've been told that uh, I better buckle up when I go to see it. So, yeah. oh dear, yeah. Now that one I did see in theaters, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Know. <laughs> we'll save that one for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much. I took my daughter and yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till we, we talk about it. But um, during the movie, Devon, did you have any, um, sort of just to talk about the structure now, but did you, did you have any favorite scenes or sort of common themes or moments throughout the movie that stand out to you? I, so a couple moments. Yeah. So one, when, um, man, I'm trying to think. 
Um, one was, I think they showed him in the trailer, John C. Riley being there. Kind of throws mm-hmm. it off just a little bit for me because I'm like, oh, wow, it's John C. Riley, you know? I love him. And like, eventually, and this is like later on, eventually finding out that, you know, I'm pretty sure this planet gets destroyed. No? Yeah. Like later, because Thanos destroys. They Nova were trying Prime. to stop him from doing it. Ronan right, wanted right. to destroy the planet. And right. So that was the whole. Yeah. Yeah. I just think later on in the MCU, he destroys it, I think. Can't be too oh. sure. I, I don't remember. But that um, seeing John T. Riley, the moment where Peter and Yondu are arguing and Yondu's like, he's like, listen up, I'm going to teach you something. And then Sean Gunn's like, Captain's going to teach stuff. It's literally like the Ravagers are so dumb and they're just so, they're just so stupid. Um, Star-Lord finally meeting, um, God, what's his face to get his revenge again? The dude that. Oh, Jamin Hunsu's character? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he meets him and he's like, yes, perfect. This is great. Um, Obviously the collector scene is one of my favorite, Howard the Duck being there. So great. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh. Obviously, the dance off at the end was just <laughs> I did not see that coming, and then it happens, and you're like, "What is it?" it literally, <laughs> what's going on? Just as dumbfounded as Ronan, you're Ronan, like, "What, you're what like, are you doing? What like, are you what doing? is happening right now?" <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so yeah. dumb. But yeah, I mean, there and like the whole the prison scene too was like so well shot, so well done. Loved it. You know, back to Rocket being just a sarcastic asshole, like. Mm-hmm always right but like he's wrong but right but always right in the same like it's yeah. just he's but he's never nice about it <laughs> never nice about it he's always like yeah i'm right you're wrong just get used to it okay yeah i think those like those couple scenes were just amazing uh-huh. i'd oh, agree yeah. on the prison scene like i i think if outside of like like action is my favorite genre but like if you get to subgenre, heist movies mm. are some of my favorite types of film and that prison breakout scene is like that is like scripted by a heist film writer Mm -hmm. the whole thing Mm -hmm. from Groot jumping the gun and getting the thing that they needed very last to like just to the chaos like the whole sequence of them getting out of the prison is probably my absolute favorite scene in the entire film like it just it just plays out so well and like plays up to one of my favorite tropes so well I think that heist, um, sorry, the prison break, the whole prison break thing was brilliant. How they go into the prison and each one, they do the intro of each of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Chris Pratt with the moving of his middle finger. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know how this machine works, but I love how they, they sort of introduce them all. And then you get them in the prison and and they sort of have to work together as a team. And that's the first part of them working together. But what I love is, and I, I I've never forgotten this, even like when you know, even before this, even before this rewatch, with Rocket like going through a thing he needs, and was like, yeah, and I need that guy's leg, uh, and then when they actually then all get back together, and he's like, and Chris Pratt's like, I've got the leg, <laughs> and Rocket's like, die, and he's like, what? And he went, I didn't I know you were kidding. Gonna get the leg. I, like, I was really kidding. Need that. Like, I don't need the leg, like, and he's like, what? I had to pay that guy three thousand quid or whatever, like, get his leg, and. Um, and, and and throughout this movie, actually, whilst Chris Pratt's Star Lord is officially the, the the team leader, 
Rocket is pretty much the leader of this team. And and it's very evident throughout this movie. And I think that's one of my favourite ongoing themes throughout this is uh, actually whilst we have Star-Lord as the the, the leader, mm-hmm. Rocket is clearly very the much brain. the leader. Like he the is brains, everything. The, the logistics guy, the strategist guy, like the guy that's going to come in and save your ass at the end guy. Like that's Rocket. And yeah. Chris Pratt is just like the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh he is the face of the morons. Yeah, so. yeah, pretty much. Um it's funny with the, yeah. It's funny with the leg thing that you bring up because it comes back towards the end when Rocket's like, we need that guy's eye. Uh-huh. And Chris Pratt's like, no, we don't. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rocket starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> As, you know, I love that. Part. Uh, to be honest, I love that part as well, where he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we need all these things for a blah." And that guy's eye. And Star Wars like, "No, no, we yeah. don't need We're not that, doing guy's that again. eye." Like, yeah. <laughs> Fool me like, once. We've, we've done, we've done that joke. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not paying this guy three. Like the guy's face as well. I was like, "What? My yeah. eye?" Like, like, <laughs> like uh, do you know what? I I wonder if this was a bit like Friends. Like, I want you know the cast because I, 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 you know, when they made the jokes a lot of the time, they'd be laughing and then have to refilm it. I wonder if this movie was like Friends, where they had to make jokes and then refilm it because they were all killing themselves I cannot imagine them getting through a day without having messed up some scene multiple times between Mm. Drax and Star-Lord together on screen. There's just no freaking way. Like, there's no way. Oh, no, 100%. To be honest, this movie was full of a lot of great scenes for me. Um, I talked about it earlier, and we will come back to music, but I love... Star Lord's first sort of dance thing while he's walking in with his headphones. I love that. And when I was rewatching this, I was thinking, how weird is this that in the fourth Avengers movie, like Nebula is like behind a rock somewhere watching him right now? And I was like, that's so weird. I was thinking, watching that, thinking, that's so weird. I know that probably wasn't even planned back back at this point, but I was like, it's so weird. Watch and like, and I was thinking back, thinking Nebula right now is talking about how stupid he is behind uh-huh. a rock. Like, because she, I think, wasn't she with um, she was with Rhodey. Machine, Rhodey. yeah, with yeah. Rhodey. And like, Rhodey was like, what the who fuck is this guy? guy? Like, yeah. who is this yeah. guy? And I was thinking, like, it's crazy to think. I was watching this in the cinema, thinking this is a really cool intro to see this guy on a on a space rock dancing with his Walkman on. And actually, in real life, you would be thinking, who is this moron? And they're kind yeah. of saying it for us and right. i know i know that isn't in this movie but it, it kind of changed my perception of watching it when it came out to watching it now thinking yeah i don't know it was just a, a thing i thought of so um anyway devon going back and looking at this is there anything you'd you'd cut or change or or anything from this movie honestly no not that i can think of i think it's all uh I don't know if we really needed the Nova Corps to really make a wall to like stop a ship because I don't <laughs> think it really did anything. You know, you sacrificed all those lives for what? I mean, I get it, but maybe cut that part out. But I don't know. Other than that, no, I can't really think of much. I think. No, no, I don't think so. Besides that, the Nova Corps, you know, making the wall. The, like... the Nova Corps wall. Mm -hmm. like uh, you know what about you Jasmine uh Ronan this now I have always been the one to want to root for the bad guys but Ronan is a bad 
bad guy. Like he's yeah, not, he, he was not yeah. a good villain at all. He had zero presence, which is ridiculous because I absolutely love Lee Pace. But I just thought Ronan is this kind of character that you just don't give a shit about. Like you don't get to know him enough to understand his motives. And again, this could be like, he's Cree and the Cree have this thing with the, the people on Nova. And like, I don't understand that rivalry. Like, did I miss, is there something else I should have watched that kind of keys me in on why the Cree don't like these specific people? Like I just couldn't connect to his motives at all. He was a weak villain he didn't have any presence and it was just kind of like mm-hmm. everybody spends this whole movie talking about how scary you are and how they don't want to do anything because you're involved. But like every time you're on screen, I'm just like, meh. like, so I think if to go back, I think you would need to beef up your villain for this film. Like the, he, and especially for someone who is dealing with Thanos, like when he, when he had the falling out with Thanos, when he finally had the power stone, like, that should have been like a whole swagger moment. Whereas yep. instead it was just kind of like, eh, yeah, the stone you don't. And I'm just like, uh, do you, what is happening right now? I, I just, I don't know. It's like he threw a lot of tantrums. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like he, I just did not, I couldn't get behind the villain. And that, that annoyed me because again, I like to root for the villain. Um, and so, yeah, I think Ronan is absolutely the weakest league in this film. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Ronan's very much a one-note villain. There's no yeah. development. I don't. I'm not saying that we need flashbacks of when he was born. Uh, yeah, but, I don't need his origin like, story. But like, I need you to have. If you if you are literally trying to destroy a world, like yeah. I want to feel like some Why? kind of fear, like Why? some kind of anxiety, like uh, he might actually do it. Like I'm actually kind of worried. But it's like I ain't worried about you. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing about you that actually makes me believe that you're gonna follow through with what you tell me you are. I want to know, like, I know in the comics as well. I've heard his name, Ronan the Accuser, but there's not even a whole thing of why is he called that in the movie, right? Like, I know Drake said, "Oh, it's Ronan the Accuser." Yeah, yeah, well, that's his name from the comics. You've just yeah. copied, copied and pasted it into the script, but <laughs> like, why? Like, there could have been something. Like, even anybody could have just said, you know, uh, you know, even if it had been Gamora saying to to star lord you know he's called the accuser because x y and z happened and you know she could have just been building him up a little bit or Mm -hmm. something i don't imagine he's sitting there saying oh i'm called the accuser because of that time uh (laughs) i wiped out a whole village or (laughs) i don't don't think he's sitting there boasting about this but there, there, there wasn't, yeah, there's no real backstory about him or anything. I, I'm not saying, like I say, I'm not saying that I need 20 minutes of flashbacks put in this film. It was already, you know, almost two hours, over two hours long. Yeah. But it, a couple of minutes just to... Yeah, something. It needed something because, like, they, they start the film on, like, oh, no, this peace treaty was signed. And he's like, well, F that. Like, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not agreeing to this peace treaty. Like, screw those people. I'm going to destroy their world. And it's like, but why? Like, why do you feel this way about these people like that could it's very much like phantom menace isn't it like like when phantom menace kicks in it's very similar oh it comes back to star wars baby (laughs) always does i I agree i agree that he's like a one-off villain like you said you know we don't know why he's called running the accuser it's funny because there's a parallel we do know why drax is called drax the destroyer you know they i'm pretty sure they say it in the prison they explain why yeah so yeah. i i wonder if that's like intentional or something like that to you know for ronan to be just like this eh, he's just running you know 
but <laughs> he's just that I don't guy. Think, like, I don't think yeah. they're thinking fully into it that much. But so uh, for my thing, I know this is a really random thing, and it's very much coming from this point of view because I remember the conversations at the time when I watched this movie. Glenn Close as the head of the Nova Corps. A lot of people I remember walking out, be like. Wow, Glenn Co- Close is in a in a superhero movie, like and uh, you know, and a lot, and everyone was like, yeah, 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 like you know, everyone wants to be in Marvel movies now. Everyone wants to be in combat movies. You know, she probably like this is just people's thoughts, like oh, but you know, she probably was just like really keen to get a role. Did we forget that like, she was Cruella Deville. And um, yeah, but it was, no, it wasn't. Yeah, but that's a well, it's a Disney thing, isn't it? But it's not I mean, a but... comic book movie. But anyway, but but yeah, so. I just remember people at the time saying it, and, and then some people were saying, "Oh, well, she's probably hoping for, you know, some sort of whole Nova franchise, and she'll probably be in that." And blah blah. And I was like, "Okay." So I remember at the time her really been quite disorientating seeing her there. It kind of, you know, when you see some people in a movie, and a lot that really takes you out of the movie for a split second. So it was a bit like that with her. And having in hindsight, uh, looking back, sorry, where we where we're going to go through, you know, obviously it's two thousand twenty three. I, the reason I'd say I'd, I would take her out, remove her, um, because she's never been used again. Like, we've, we've, you know, in 2023, there's no Nova film on the horizon. They didn't even bring her back for any of the other Guardians films. I don't think we needed such a big actress or actor. It could have just been very much an unknown playing that head of role. And I, I, I'm not criticising her as an actress. I just, I think she probably went into this hoping for something more. And it didn't happen. So um, I, I just I just wasn't bothered about her being in this film. And the fact that they've just not used her, I just, just think it's a bit of a waste, really. So I think she plays a hard ass authoritarian very well. Oh, she does it well. I just yeah. I just as I just think it's some sort of waste opportunity. And I don't see a Nova film anywhere in the next five or six years. So yeah. we probably will never see her in these Marvel films again. So I just think it's just a bit of a waste. That was yeah, she did it well. I just think it was a wasted Waste moment, really. Yeah, opportunity, yeah. So um, the movie ends with two end credits, which Marvel were very well known for the end credits leading to future things. These two end credits didn't really line anything up. They were just nice moments that happened. We had a baby dancing group in a flower pot and a little bit that of That was just sell merchandise because that, that was clearly Groot made so much money and made so yeah. many kids happy for Christmas that year. My dad has one of those baby groups in the flower pot on his shelf in, in, in the living room. It worked. So, um, <laughs> and then the second one was brilliant because then you saw Howard the Duck. And I loved it the moment we saw Howard the Duck. It came up about who created Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. I, I actually thought I'd say, Jasmine, when you first watched this, because I know we, we reviewed Howard the Duck at the start of the year. I had no idea what that thing was. I was like, <laughs> That's what I wondered. It's a, like, talking duck smoking a cigarette okay great i mean that checks like given everything else we saw in the collector's like place i was like sure why not like the hell like it did mean a thing in the world to me not at all so i watched the hell of the duck movie maybe not when it came out but not long after or whatever so i was like oh cool that's how the duck and um what about you Devon? did you know i've never seen the movie Howard the duck but my dad was like oh look it's Howard the duck and i was like Okay, it's Howard the Duck. It's a duck wearing a tuxedo, smoking a cigarette. Cool. I mean, it's Marvel, right? You you never know what you're gonna get. So when they threw in there, I was like, 
okay? It's a talking duck. That's what I'm saying. Like, you had the dog in the cosmonaut suit, and I was Check. just, you had all of these other things, and I was just right. like, yeah, okay, sure, great. Like, right. There's a, I kind of wandered on both your perceptions because I know, so me and Jasmine reviewed the How the Duck movie yeah. earlier in the year mm. um, and I, I was aware of How the Duck for a long, long time so I just wondered what, what it was like to maybe walk into that movie not having known anything about How the Duck. No, yeah. listen, I am I am not Drax. That was a metaphor that went straight over my head. Oh, like uh, I, did, it just, I don't, <laughs> didn't, did not, it did not compute. Yep. Um, but yeah, did you enjoy, but did you enjoy both those uh, mid credits sequences. Uh definitely, yeah. I mean, the the baby Groot dancing to "I Want You Back" just you know echoing Volume Two coming. You know, it's like oh, we you know we want you to come back, Groot. We want you to be uh-huh. older. We want you, you know that was great. Um, obviously, the soundtrack. You know, having that on Volume Two. Uh, I think when it starts, don't they play when he plays it? He plays Marvin Gaye, right? Ain't no mountain. High enough is that the song? the second movie no in like at the end when he gets the volume when he gets the volume thing like the the, the cassette, oh. right i think when he puts it in he plays ain't no mountain high enough and he looks like more and all that mm-hmm. so like that signaling in and then you get the i want you back the Groot dancing great howard the duck it was fun you know seeing cosmo break out you know i mean the collector's there he's you know like what am i gonna do you know what yeah. i'm saying like what's gonna happen I think for the most part, I enjoyed them. I just didn't know what they would lead to. You know, yeah. I was just like, it's Howard the Duck. Cool. Great. <laughs> awesome. Hopefully we see him later on. We well, never hopefully. got the, you Wasn't know. Wasn't James Gunn supposed to be in charge of him? I guess so. I, that's what I thought. But I don't think, I don't know. Like, hasn't that movie been shelved? Oh, I don't know. But um... probably has been. I think there was going to be a TV series on Hulu or something for How the Duck. I think that's what it was. So, mm. But um, Jasmine, you had a question that you wanted to throw in. Yeah, okay. So we've been talking about it the whole episode, but music played a huge, huge part. In fact, James Gunn had said that he handpicked about 120 songs from the late 70s, specifically for this film, because he felt like music was a character in the film um and this soundtrack made it all the way to billboard number one it was nominated for a grammy and it was the first soundtrack of a film that was nominated that did not have a single new or original song on it um but like i thought that the way that he used music to tell his story is so much different than someone having music that coordinates with the film. Like a lot of films rely on like a score, right? Uh-huh. Gladiator, freaking score for Gladiator is amazing. Okay. That score carries the story forward. Whereas James Gunn used music, like actual songs to carry the story forward. But like, what did you think of the music in the film? And Mark, for you specifically, like I thought it was very interesting that you really liked the soundtrack because you don't like classic rock. Because like we did an episode where we covered the band who the the band when Star Lord is dancing, like Come and Get Your Love. It's a Native American band called Redbone, and we did a book club episode on their graphic novel, 
the... I didn't like the graphic novel. Um, I thought you didn't I, like I, that kind of music, though. No, no, no. I like that kind of music. I just didn't like that graphic novel. I gotcha, found that right. graphic novel particularly uninteresting. And ah. we've we've read. I think I think I was really really harsh on that particular Redbone graphic novel. I remember I really really didn't like it. And it, actually, in our um, other book clubs, you know, where we've done George Takaki's. Um, they called us Enemy, and obviously, um, oh, I've bloody forgotten all the names of them now. What was it? Book one we did, the March, uh, March book one. I, I loved those. I thought they were amazing. I just didn't. They didn't gel. You the didn't style with of their right. story. It wasn't not, not even just the story, just the the complete tone and the. I just found it a really dull book to to read, and and I I can still I've actually still got that book on my shelf. I just thought it was a really badly done book. And, and it just it just wasn't exciting to me. But no, in terms of the music, no, I love this kind of music, and um, this is very much like kind of thing you find in some sort of seventies night uh, a disco or a yeah, nightclub yeah. somewhere. I have attended the odd seventies night uh, more when I was younger, but I no, I love the music, and I think um, especially things like the Jackson Five and stuff like you know, I think the music was done so well during this movie um and they're they're such recognizable songs so it's such a good choice actually that he chooses really well-known songs uh that you're singing along to while you're watching it and you know when they come on you know and i know you haven't seen this um movie but it came out this year the new animated turtles movie Mm -hmm. and i said the same thing i was like the soundtrack has made this movie and and it's a set and it's not that's what I'm saying. Not many movies really the soundtrack is is as good as the movie. Yeah. Uh, so Forrest oh, Gump I, is another good one. The soundtrack to Forrest Gump is just bees knees. I think um, every song in this. Um, there's one song that I literally cannot stand on this whole thing, but that's I'll talk about that in a minute. But every song fits perfectly with the scene that it is mm-hmm. you know going for. You know, it's on a feeling. Um, come and get your love. Um, oh God, Cherry Bomb. Oh, yeah, Cherry Bomb's yeah. Great. My least favorite song, and I probably get a lot of flack for this, is the Pina Colada song. I cannot stand <laughs> that song. I hate that song, and it's only oh. because the words in the song and the story of the song, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. You know, it is what it is, but. I think he did a great job picking all the songs um, for it to get, you know, nominated for a Grammy. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Obviously, I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got Hans Zimmer. You've got John Williams, Gore Verbinski. Right. You've got all these people that work really hard on their scores and stuff like that. I can I get why some. Yeah, and then you got little... James Gunn that just <laughs> pulled a whole bunch of existing songs together and was like, right. hey, guys, what's up? Right. And I get why a lot of people give a lot of flack to the Marvel movies. You know, like, I'm pretty sure Martin Scorsese has said things like, oh, I don't even know why. Martin Scorsese needs to go sit his ass down and stop making really, four and a half hour movies. really does. Like, that's too long, half, sir. Four and a half gangster movie, dude. I don't need it. Everything cannot be highbrow. Like, I, no, I completely disagree with that idea. Yes, and I think for what, for what it's worth, even though I did not enjoy this movie the way that I enjoy the rest of the MCU movies, this movie... Like it's it, it's not a bad film. It doesn't. No. It's not like oh, this movie never should have been made. Like it's 
you can't everything can't be a highbrow film like you right. need the silly things that just are good for like turning your brain off and then just like enjoying what's on screen there's exactly. nothing wrong with that exactly but i think the way that he handpicked each song it's like i almost like think of it in my head like he's filming the scene he mm-hmm. has a scene he's like okay what song do i want with this and that's then, exactly what he said he does perfect so See? he actually yeah. picks the song and decides like how do i make this scene fit this song that's awesome i was trying to find it but i couldn't find it this is really weird that we're talking about this because this is essentially i know it's a soundtrack but essentially this is a playlist of songs pieced mm-hmm. together right and about two or three weeks ago it's really weird that we're talking about this about two or three weeks ago i listened to a really interesting podcast episode um by these guys called geeks on leech no, no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh it was a guardian uh the guardian uh which is a british um I, i'm sure it was the guardian maybe maybe it wasn't the newspaper? Guardian, so yeah yeah no, no do you know what I, I may it may not be the guardian but anyway i listened to this episode and it was about music reviews and it said are music reviews of actually any value now like people reviewing music anyway there was a line in the it was a half an hour episode and there was a line in there so is it moving more towards us maybe reviewing music playlists rather than actually albums and and stuff like that because of how well again it's again again it's content and streaming how the world has moved on quite heavily And, and actually here we are having a conversation about what is essentially a playlist and how well put together it is and how this director had a vision to build all these songs together into basically a playlist uh, and the thought he's put of all these songs and how they relate to these scenes and the emotional links and the the punches that they're going to pull while, while you're watching those scenes and and I can see now what they said in that episode how how you link with actually reviewing a playlist versus an album so yeah, yeah just it's just a thought there just to say how ahead of the curve James Gunn <laughs> potentially was so but they knew when they were marketing this film because they released this soundtrack for free on iTunes, which I downloaded and I listened to it because I am a huge fan of this genre of music. Mm -hmm. So I've had the playlist and like it pops up every now and again when I have my iTunes open and I can see that little tape, the cassette tape from the (laughs) Guardians. Like, but like they, they included the music as part of the marketing. Like it was literally just like when you two had that free album on iTunes that everybody somehow downloaded and you couldn't get rid of it. Right. Like you had the, like Marvel paid for us to be able to download that soundtrack for free ahead of the film. So I think they had always planned for music to be the thing for this one. So it caused a resurgence in Walkmans. Like people started to buy up all of the vintage Walkmans. That's insane. I've noticed that quite a lot of people are, re- are releasing them even now, their modern albums on, on cassette tape. But who can play Uh, it? Well, I have a stereo in my garage that has a tape player. Oh my gosh. So, so, well, okay, that stereo was one, uh, it's mine. I've owned it for over 20 years. Uh, However, 10 years ago, I left it somewhere and then forgot about it. Uh, And whilst all this conversation I've been having over the last few months about physical media, suddenly it came into my head. I was like, hold on a minute. I never picked up my stereo. Like, and I messaged someone. It was basically I left it in an office in the company I work for. I left I left it in a in a building. I lent it to them for a Christmas party, and then I never picked it up. And um, 
uh, and I messaged them saying, "Do you still work in the building?" Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By any chance, in the in the boardroom thingy, is is there a stereo? Like, and they went, "Yeah, yeah, there is actually." I went, "That's mine." Like, so I went, I went yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, there's I went no way. I would have been like, "No, there's no stereo. No, we don't see anything. Sorry." But, that, but like, I've seen like you say, like Walkmans or or physical media, and I thought that stereo is flipping probably worth money now. Like, <laughs> and uh, it also plays the stereo plays mini discs. So, oh my gosh yeah so the cd wow. drive though is broken on it but the mm. tapes and the mini disc look like they work i haven't actually tried it yet but um anyway let's bring this to a close ratings time so devon we normally rate these out of five what would you give it out of five actually before you say anything what would you have rated it then and rate it now yeah oh man i mean when it came out i probably would have given it you know a Probably like a five out of five because I was just so high on it. I probably give it like, do you guys do point? Like yep. point five? Yeah, 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 you can do 4.5. I'd probably give it like a 3.5, to be honest with you. Now, um, just in the scope of Marvel and like how the movies have come out, um, where it sits on that, I personally, I like the second one more than I like the first one. Um, mainly just because like, you know, characters are fleshed out more. And obviously, we'll talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give it a 3.5, um, just in terms of story, characters, music, music gives it that huge leg up definitely on there, but yeah, probably a three, 3.5. So a five when it came out 2014 and then a three and a half in 2023. Okay. All right. What about you, Justin? I probably would have given this a two when it came out. Um, and (laughs) I would say now I'm probably with Devon at a 3.5, like, yeah, I definitely I think get five. It now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm on board. I'm on. I'm on yeah. that train now. <laughs> I'm on that Guardians train. So um, I would have given it a five when it came out. Hundred percent. I remember really singing the praises, like walking out of this. Just, I, I was, I was like, this is so brave of Marvel to really put faith into these unknown characters, mm-hmm. and and just to be all behind them. Unlike Blue Beetle, for instance, you know, which DC just didn't give a crap about like they made a movie but no but they didn't give they didn't advertise it they didn't do anything it just they just put it out like and it wasn't meant to be a tv movie originally and then well, they thank god they out. released it because they canceled <laughs> batwoman altogether but Batgirl, Batgirl. Batgirl, Batgirl. sorry yeah anyway but the, i was just trying to get the comparison of blue beetle unknown guardians unknown but marvel had huge faith and and you know the, the money delivered and the, and and it turned into a well quite a big franchise in the end. But no, I I loved it. I was really singing the praises. Now, still love the movie, but I I I'm gonna give it a four. All right. So I think now in 2023 for me it's a four. It's not massively shifted, but I yeah yeah. That's okay. So you guys were high and you came down and i was low and came up yeah i think though i want to i want to save i want to say like there's more to come i'm you know so right next episode shockingly we'll be reviewing guardians of the galaxy volume 2 from 2017 you can follow geeks unleashed everywhere on social media instagram facebook and twitter devon where can they find you uh you guys can find me on uh Twitter and Instagram, I believe on both um, at the Colbert 12. You guys can follow me there. You can also follow my podcast at the Good Game Guys. We are on Twitter and Instagram as well. 
And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify, we are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. And now Jasmine's He-Man reference. Good journey. <laughs> Good journey. <laughs>